What's the drink of choice tonight? Well, you know, I, I'm not promoting it, but I like some old cold beer. I think I'm going to have one. I'm not promoting it now. Friday at 5, you made it. It's the weekend. Congratulations. Not only is it a weekend, but a weekend closer. Just one more day closer to the start of college football season in the state of Oklahoma. 36 days away until kickoff in Norman. Russell Dennison, days until kickoff in Norman. One of the baddest special teams players in OU history. Some might say the baddest special teams player in OU history. That might be my take. Uh, but we're getting closer. Five more Saturdays away. And Travis, ready or not, man, like we still may be more than 30 days away from kickoff, but camp gets started next Thursday. Um, if media days isn't the unofficial start to the season, Thursday with training camp starting might be, man. We're, we're, we're kind of here. We're kind of here. It's, it's football time around here now. Right. I've always said, like, fall camp. That's when, that's when, that's when you know. You know, you kind of have these like little boxes you're going to check, and that's when you definitely know because there's no turning back at that point. And it's really exciting because, you know, you feel like that's where a lot of separation happens. You know, that's that's the fine tuning, and all that you pray for, Tyler, is just no injuries, no injuries. Start praying, praying right now, everybody on the text line, everybody listening, whether you're at home, on the road, on vacation, in Mexico, in Hawaii in wherever if you're like doc uh who uh, messaged me earlier and uh, uh said that he was in the what he was a member of the kref army in the pac-12 embassy good show so far <laughs> um appreciate that doc just think about no injuries no injuries no injuries anywhere um definitely no injuries on the interior of the defensive line at any spot at linebacker um, offensive line, quarterback, yeah, just just no, no, no injuries anywhere because that is the uh, one thing that could derail a lot of excitement. Because man, I what I've been hearing the past what two weeks now, and I heard it again yesterday at the coaches' luncheon. Competitive depth, like if you wanted to put everything that this staff has said in a nutshell, Travis, it's competitive depth. And we are in a much different spot than we were a year ago. I've heard Brent Venable say that. I've heard Ted Roof say that. I've heard Bill Biedenboe say that. I've heard Jeff Levy say that. I've had I've heard at least four coaches say that. And it's only been four because those are the only four coaches we've heard from in the past few weeks. But they're all saying the same thing. And it's what you want to hear. They're in a much different spot than they were last year. And the depth is a whole lot more competitive. We'll find out. We'll find out soon if that's the case or not. I believe that it will be. Oh, it has it, it it has to be. It simply has to be. When you look at who they added, when you look at it, it just two plus two always equals four, no matter what. When you have talent added, when you have production added from other places, when you're in the second year in the system, when you have coaches who have done it before, like it has to work, right, Tyler? I don't I, I, I don't see how it can't. Yeah, I was pretty confident last year, but if they're if they're truly in a much better place with a much easier schedule, then uh, yeah, I I read an article earlier uh, about schools across the country like what warrants disappointment, 
And I think for Texas it was win the Big 12 or else that's disappointment, which have fun with those expectations, Sark. I, I wish you the best of luck. Win a conference that you haven't uh, won in over a decade, okay. But what warrants disappointment from OU this year? Like what is – like? Is there a road to a successful season without a conference title for OU? Is it Big 12 title or bust for OU in their last year in the conference? You know, I'm all about having, you know, high standards and historical standards. You know, the the staunchest, you know, most proud OU fan will say, well, yeah, if we don't win a national championship, it's a disappointment. But I don't think that's necessarily realistic. I think, I think, I think nine wins is a flat-out disappointment. I think that's yeah. pretty much my line. Agree. Agree. I think um, anything less than 10 and not making the conference championship game is a disappointment. Like, if they go 10-2 and two and they don't make the conference championship, I um, if you don't make the conference championship for the third year in a row, I'll be disappointed, Travis. I'll be disappointed. Uh, and, yeah. but here, and here, here's the thing, too, though. Those are our expectations today. I have seen OU football seasons where, and some will say the expectations is always a national championship. And okay, yeah, I understand that. Some teams are better than others to start the year. Expectations do have a habit of changing, you know, during the middle of the season. So whereas some might say, eh, if they don't win the conference, I think that there's a path to still having a, a successful season. Get back to me if they start off six and zero and beat Texas and Dallas. Then everyone's expectations oh, will get kicked up a notch. Playoff. Playoff is expectations. Playoffs? Talking playoffs? Mm-hmm. That's what the expectations will be. But, yeah, I think, and Tyler, I think you and I are a bit aligned in that, where I say nine wins is a disappointment. You say if they don't make the Big 12 championship game, it's a disappointment. I think that's agreeing with each other because I think a 10-win yep. team makes the Big 12 championship. That that's It, it should mean that, man. Um, it, it really should. I. Guy, you could go 10-2 and two this year and maybe not beat anyone that's any good, depending on the two teams that you lose to and what the, the rest of the schedule looks like because uh, we've uh, discussed that one at nauseum, what the schedule looks like this year. Kind of like eight. what 2021 Oklahoma did where, you know, we were, what, 8-0 and or 9-0 and and everybody said, yep. man, those guys aren't real, they haven't beat anybody, and then, you know, we lose to the two ranked teams that we actually play. Yeah, weird. Weird. It's almost like that 2021 team. <laughs> wasn't nearly as good as a lot of our rivals seem to think that it was. I looked at it on Wednesday, that's that season that you're talking about. OU started at number two in the country to start the year, and by the time they got to the Baylor game, so what was that, game nine? OU's 8-0 on the season. They have not lost. They're a blue blood program in a power conference. They were 8-0, Travis. They started the year at number two. And they entered that Baylor game, I believe, as the number eight team in the country. When's the last time you've seen that? A power program like OU start in the top two and then drop six spots as they start the season eight and now. I mean, that kind of told, you know, tells the story from that exactly. year. Exactly. Exactly. God, that's so wild. But, yeah, it's, it's weird. We try to tell everybody, hey, might not be that good. Actually, no, I'll be honest. I was sunshine pumping with the rest of them. <laughs> uh, from the 918 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, have to make the Big 12 championship game. Uh, LaDonna from Lubbock says Big 12 title or bust. 580 says we talk about Farouk a lot, but Jaden Gibson has to absolutely take a step 
and catch the ball. Dude has the physical skills and potential. Time to put that into production. I just think it's a confidence issue with Jaden Gibson at this point. Like the the, the absolute best thing for Jaden Gibson, and I think that this is probably the case with most players, Travis, but for Jaden Gibson, the best thing that could happen is for him to make a tough contested catch in a big game when the score's really close. Like I, I think that I, I think things can flip around for him rather quickly. I think he can get his confidence back, but I just wonder if it's gonna take that one big tough contested catch to really flip things back the other way for him. Yeah, and the good news obviously or the bad news is that he drops wide open passes. The good news is that he's getting wide open. And you're right, it's just it's just got to be in between his ears at this point. And everybody that, you know, talks about who's standing out, who's standing out. I mean, physically, we don't have anybody else that looks like that guy. I mean, he can jump out of the gym. Like, But you're right. He needs one of those, uh, like, Kenny Stills catches against Florida State in the corner of the end zone where he just goes up over somebody and grabs it. Uh, okay. Topher B. from OKC says, Mason Voth. Entered a future cast for Winery to Mizzou. So I guess that uh, happened today. Yes, it happened about, I think, an hour ago. Um, I have, uh, during the break, I asked, and it it seemed like there was some coattail riding based on the latest smoke. So um, it has been intimated that that he doesn't have any inside track information. So... Again, it's, this one's going to be a doozy. It's going to come down to it on the seventh. But again, if he doesn't make that visit on Monday, then yeah, put a bow well, on it. we're going to have to earn it on August seventh. If you're getting rewarded at some point during that day, August seventh is going to be um, it's going to be a very stressful day. We it's have, a five we star. Have, it should be. We have found out on yes, yes, you're right. Um, we have found out on social media and the text line that I think a lot of us still have recruiting scars. We all have recruiting scars from what's happened last year and in previous years. And um, there is no way the situation is going to be enjoyable before the visit or before the announcement. It could be amazing after the announcement. And if we're on air during that announcement, buddy, it's going to be a party for however many hours left in the show. If it's all four hours, it'll be a four-hour party if that's how it happens. But it's, uh, it's going to be stressful, man. OU fans that are just now getting into recruiting, um, I think for some people, Travis, this is kind of like their first big live announcement that they'll have experienced with a legitimate five-star defensive lineman. So buckle up. Well, and that's what's funny. It's like it's a great time to just now get into OU recruiting because we're going to ink, you know, back-to-back, you know, nearly historic classes. And the 2025 class is already off to a roaring start at the early number three rank uh, in the 2025 rankings behind usual suspects. Bama and Georgia so I mean if if this is the first you've uh, been around OU recruiting God bless you like lucky you you know Four, you, you, yeah. you got to avoid some heartbreak 405 says he's a DA if he chooses Mizzou over OU <laughs> district attorney interesting <laughs> um think of it yeah pretty close pretty close <laughs> some might say pretty close I don't know not me 843 says, as much as I don't want Texas to win anything, us meeting and beating them in the Big 12 championship would be a perfect way to throw up the double birds to the Big 12 as we leave the conference. Laughing face emoji. If uh, we got to be super greedy uh, Friday at 5, here 36 days away from kickoff, 
and we got to pick OU to win the conference and who they beat in the conference championship, would you pick Texas or would you pick someone else? Um, I would pick Kansas State. I would. I want Texas to go five and seven this year. Yeah, same. I want Texas to go five and seven every year. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I'll never understand people that are like, "Oh man, I want to meet Lincoln Riley and USC in the national championship and beat them." No, no. I want I want them to go six and six. Like. I don't even want I don't even want them to be able to say they made it. So I feel the same way about Texas. I know the poetic thing is, hey, on the way out of the Big Twelve, let's let's have an OU and Texas Big Twelve championship so all the other schools can shake their fists at clouds. But no, I'd I'd rather Texas, you know, go to the SEC with the tail between their legs. Yeah, Kansas State's probably the right answer. Um we talked about recruiting scars just a couple of minutes ago. There's some Kansas State scars hidden as well. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to uh, get a final win over those guys before you leave the conference, you know. It'd be really nice to get a win yeah. over those guys in a conference championship game. But Yeah, it would be, but I think a lot of people would have those scars dug back up, a little PTSD once they see that color purple. I know that there were a lot of OU fans that were glad they weren't on our schedule this year. Uh, Kate up in the 918, hope I'm wrong, but shaping up to be just like last year. When you lost David Hicks is when Vosick flipped. This year, everyone says when Aerie to OU, he goes to Mizzou, then you end up losing Stone. Does anyone finish second in recruiting as often as we do? Come what? on, K-Dub. We need some more positive vibes on this Friday. That's Man. silly. The two recruitments have nothing to do with each other. Uh, 405, sorry if I missed your answer to this question earlier. What do you attribute all the early 25 commits to thus far? Well, at least half of them, Emmett Jones, right, Travis? I mean, he gets a four-star in-state. Like th- This is the Elijah Thomas commitment yesterday is perfect. It's something every OU fan can bond over, Travis, because the stars do matter crowd. They get to meet in the middle with the I want more in-state prospects kid. He could be the highest-ranked wide receiver in-state prospect in, like, the past decade. Like, Elijah Thomas is that legit. Had a Bama offer amongst a lot of others. Six-foot-one, 185 pounds. Um, Emmett Jones is just on a heater right now, man. He's just killing it. Yeah, and it's and, – and Kevin Sperry, you know, has really made it about, you know, the family, staying home. Obviously, he moved to Oklahoma, and a lot of that was so he could – be near the program to help with recruiting he gets it man he wants to be the leader of the you know of the number one class in the country right like he knows that that his career drastically improves if he's got dudes all around the field so kevin sperry gets it man uh really excited to see what he does with this class and i'll tell you what it's good for us because next june we're not going to have to worry about you know only two recruits being in the boat and everybody going brent needs to change his policy yeah brent's policy is uh working out just fine zero decommits for ou four for uh for usc all right uh 405-651-3439 knippelmeyer chevrolet text line let's send it off into the weekend in style with some text before we get out of here for the weekend uh yeah coming up next we'll update you on the latest with conference realignment, we'll start to uh, preview camp starting in six days. We're going to be heavy on OU training camp coming up next week. 
So keep it locked right here on The Ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. Final hour on a Friday, the Riverwind Casino and Hotel. That's where I'm hanging out today. Josh Turner tonight at the Riverwind Showplace Theater. Gary Allen at Beats and Bites on August 26th. Tickets are only $10 to see Gary Allen. Beats and Bites, August 26th here at the Riverwind Casino. Available online or at the box office. Uh, four new Showplace Theater shows have been added to the lineup recently. Joe Nichols and Tyler Farr on September 22nd. Flatland uh, Cavalry on November 10th. Lee Bryce on December 15th, and Boys to Men. That's a rescheduled date. That will be on January 12th. Conference realignment fronts, um, it's kind of been quiet. I'm sure behind the scenes it's not quiet at all. But it's what's the hot rumor the right now? <laughs> yeah, well, panic. What's the hot rumor right now that the Big 12 is really zeroing in on Arizona? Yeah, I think that's the that's the hottest lately, which obviously would make the – I mean, think about that basketball conference. Man. Yeah, Especially already tough. adding Houston. Yeah, you you lose a little bit with with OU in Texas, but man, adding Houston and then turn I mean UCF might be the worst basketball team in the country, but um, if you were to add Arizona, woo-wee, or add UConn defending champs, that'd be crazy. But yeah, Arizona, Arizona would be great in hoops in the Big Twelve and just like they do in the Pac twelve, would be a two seed and have a second round exit, so Sure, nothing would change for them. And it would be non-existent in football. So, I just, I mean, I know that's the latest rumor, but, God, that's, that. if Arizona is announced, you have to assume that other schools turned down your mark. I would guess so, man. That can't be your first choice. Colorado was 27 and 76 in the Pac-12. 27 and 76 in the Pac-12. You really have to try to be that bad. Now, hey. I think, okay, nice ad for the Big 12 to get CU. There, there's, with Dion being there, that's an attractive ad, you know, for, for certain reasons. But as CU, maybe they don't go 27 and 76 in the Pac-12. Are they going to be much better, though, in the Big 12 moving forward than what that number is? I mean, no. I mean, maybe a little bit better. But I still need to see Dion coach when he doesn't have the most talented roster. Like, I need to see that because I have not seen that yet. And, again, based on recruiting and based on what he did through the portal, he said he was bringing Louie, but, I mean, he's basically got good corners that he's going to make play wide receiver as well. So, yeah, I I don't think they're going to do very well. I mean, what did you say uh, the other day on the rush uh, with Teddy? It was out of their 12 seasons, they finished last in their division eight times. Eight times, yeah, the Pac-12 South. And they had one – they had one legitimate uh, bowl season, which I mean, legitimate. Like they won four games in like a six-game season during the COVID year, and they played Texas in the Alamo Bowl. Oh I, yeah, the actual, Casey Thompson the only, tore them up. Yeah, well, Casey Thompson tore them up, right? So the only year that they actually had a, a full season where they made a, a bowl game was one time in twelve years. It's pathetic, man. It's, it's awful. Yeah, and so that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, Dion, like. I saw something the other day, like their Instagram followers went up 700%. They sold out the spring game, like all that. Like all that is fine and dandy, but can you go win? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. that. And that's what's so exciting. If they go in in that first game, TCU beats them by 50. Ooh, boy. TCU might beat them by 50. I, I'm yeah. Serious. Like, I'm – 
I'm starting to trend on TCU's not going to take a massive step back. I don't think that they're going to play in a national championship game or win the conference, but do I think TCU can roll off a 9-3 and three or maybe a 10-2? and two? Yeah, I mean, I, I, could, I could get there. I think they'll be better than what people think. TCU, yeah, they might win by 50 in that game. It's, it's going to be really, really ugly for Colorado, really ugly. I, uh, I, I just love the energy from the recruiting Doomer on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Boys with a Z, we are five weeks away. I'm so freaking ready. Let's go. The recruiting Doomer says five more Saturdays until kickoff in Norman. Let's go. And I will second that. 405, what's the status of other tight ends? in our roster right now besides Stogner. Caden Helms, Jace Llewellyn, will these guys play? Are they healthy? Caden Helms, was was he unavailable the entire spring, or was he just limited? I forget. I I believe he was unavailable, but don't quote me on that. I guess I'm saying it on, on the radio, so maybe I should just say <laughs> I'm not 100% positive. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, you had a tight end catch a touchdown pass in the spring game with a club on his hand. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think that that's necessarily ideal. The status of the other tight ends on the roster, honestly, I think is a is a question mark right now. Yeah, some absolutely. if they're healthy, some if they're ready to contribute this year. Like you, you just mentioned, no injuries, no injuries. Thirty minutes ago, and I mentioned some certain positions where you can't afford an injury. Tied in with Stogner is absolutely one, man. And I'm not saying that they're just god-awful behind them and they have nobody whatsoever that can't play, but Austin Stogner is the clear number one right now. Clear, I mean, the clear number one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, couldn't agree more. I mean, Cade McIntyre, uh, I know a lot of people that are really high on him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've got bodies there. Just it, it, It's good that they can – you know, kind of be brought along a, a, a little bit more patiently with, with Stogner getting a lot of the workload. But, yeah, it's definitely, if you if you were to look at the if you were to look at the current roster, tight end is what you would look at as, oof, we're a little thin there. The biggest difference maker for the wide receiver room is Emmett Jones, says the texture from the 404. People forget that he also is the passing game coordinator. So I, I mentioned this uh, with Parker earlier because we opened up uh, Locked In with basically a 15-minute session of saying how awesome Emmett Jones is as a recruiter. Yeah. I think your hope right now as an OU football fan is that he's just somewhere in the neighborhood, somewhere in the ballpark of as good of a developer of talent as he is a recruiter. Because if he's anywhere close, then I'll start to ease my concerns about the wide receiver position this year. Yeah, I mean – it, like it, if he's if he's half as good, if he's forty percent as good, I mean, this guy's what landed nine wide receivers since he got here. I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, spanning across transfers in twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five. I mean, yeah. And, and the thing is, like his receivers have produced at other places, right? I mean, at Texas Tech, he had he had good wide receiver play. Like this isn't a situation where it's just. Hey man, the guy's just really convincing, and he can get you on campus. And then he doesn't do anything with you. This is, I think we're we're going to see the best version of Emma Jones because he can finally get like legit high end blue chip guys, and then coach them up. I don't think this is a situation where you know because at Tech and at Kansas, he wasn't exactly bringing in five stars. So, yeah, we're about to see the best version of Emma Jones.
Sugar Shane in Newcastle. Jace Llewellyn is going to be a dog at some point. Well, I look, I, I, I hope so. Um, for his sake, he, he better be, and, and better be so very quickly because, dude, they are, they're bringing in some tight ends now. We know about Devon Mitchell, who's going to be a true freshman next year and have a chance to play. But what was the other future cast I saw this week where OU's in really good shape for a four-star 2025 tight end from the state of Kansas? And yeah, OU Der- obviously Derby feels Kansas. really good about him. Yeah, from Derby, Kansas. I, OU is about to be bringing in, and not that they haven't already, but OU's going to be bringing in some really good tight ends in the 24 and 25 class. That's That's happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're bringing in dudes. And, and that's, you know, a lot of people remember. Do you remember, obviously, you do during Locked In whenever the, all that Devon Mitchell smoke for, to Miami started happening? And everybody was freaking out and they were trying oh, to yeah. fire Joe John live on, <laughs> on air. It's like, guys, like, calm down. He lands Devon Mitchell. We're in great shape. Like, the guys that he's brought in, we just haven't seen them because they haven't been healthy. Like, that is not. That is not Joe John's fault that the guys aren't healthy. Like he didn't go out and say, "All right, guys, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna find some guys with some medical history. I'm gonna sign them." Like that's that doesn't make any sense. Like so to hold that against or to hold tight end depth against Joe John is silly. But to your point, yeah, I mean, if you if you get Mitchell and Desan Braham in back to back classes, hoo wee. That's those are two like top, like arguably top tight end in the country in back to back classes. Nine for the nine one eight. Do you guys wish we were in the SEC this year, or looking forward to one more year in the Big Twelve? Um, competitively, like where I think this team is at right now, compared to where it might be a year from now, I think the Big Twelve is the right spot for one more year to kind of you know get back to being a double digit win team. You know, kind of get your feet underneath you a little bit. One more year to the conference from an entertainment standpoint. This home schedule so bad. I do just about anything for an SEC home game. Uh, but my final answer is, I guess one more year in the Big 12 is what I would prefer. But, God, his home schedule stinks, and I'm not excited about it. No, the home schedule is terrible. But keep in mind, it's the worst one we will have probably ever again. Like, ever. I, I don't think there's a probably. I think it's ever again. So it's the, it's the worst one we'll have ever again. And, I mean, I'm, I'm all about, hey, in order to be the best, you got to go beat the best and this, that, and the other. And, you know, the SEC grind strengthens your team and this, that, and the other. Hey, man, look, we went 6-7 and seven last year. We, we, need a, we need a get back schedule, you know. So, so I'm glad we're in the Big 12 this year. Give us a get back schedule, and then let's go into the SEC with a little bit of confidence. Who is the uh, trap game? Text line, you know what to do, 405-651-3439. If you're looking at the schedule and you're saying, well, I feel like that's the trap game, what what comes to mind? Hmm. Hopefully not at TU in week three. <laughs> Do not need that to be a trap game. I mean, typically the, the idea is the first things first, you look on each side of Texas, right, uh, specifically right before Texas. And Iowa State – especially with some of their uh, kind of gambling rumors of suspensions and things like that, mm. I feel like Iowa State is going to be horrid this year. So I think, you know, that's the week before Texas, so I don't really think that's the trap game. If you have a massive emotional maybe win against Texas, theoretically you'd be like, oh, you got to watch the next week. Well, the next week's a bye. Yeah. So and then you And then you get UCF at home. So – 
Um, yeah, I I really don't see maybe maybe at Kansas. Maybe it sounds weird, but I think Kansas. No, is have... you're, you're two. You're two that I was thinking the exact two. UCF at home, especially like if you start off six and zero, and sure, I mean I would hope that the staff wouldn't have to fight the feeling of satisfaction. Not the staff, more of the players. Like up six and zero, and everyone tells them how awesome they are for two weeks, and then you come at home, come back at home against a UCF team, which who knows how much they've done at that point. I was going to say UCF or, or at KU. And because of Jalen Daniels. And it's it may not even be a great environment there in Lawrence. So either of those two, I, I guess I'll say UCF. Yeah, I mean, I just don't – man, I think the schedule's so bad. I just don't even – we didn't even get man, tra- yeah. good, good trap games. Cause like I said, Maybe they're all trap games it's so bad. Who knows? Either, Maybe there's 12 of them. It's either side of Texas, and either side of Texas is literally a bye and then the worst team you're going to play. So it's like – Oh, boy. I don't know. I don't know. I'll say Kansas if we've got to have a trap. Shark says at Cincy. Braylon says trap game is Kansas State in the Big 12 title game. (laughs) 539 Big 12 Conference uh, Championship game if we make it. 405 All-American Girl. What an absolute bop. That's from Kaysen. Yeah. (laughs) Gary Underwood was uh, feeling it just a a couple of minutes ago. Uh, Guy says isn't BYU before the TCU game? Yes. That's the final road game. Correct. Yeah, November eighteenth, and then on and a short week we play TCU at home in the 405 morning. Four oh five says KU. Five eight zero says UCF. So, like everything else, it's a giant question mark. There's like six different responses to the trap game. So what? It, what it, if no one can figure out what the trap game is? What does that mean? It means there's it no mean, trap game. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's kind of what I thought. It's kind of what <laughs> is, I thought. The question is: Is uh, is West Virginia going to leave their coach in Norman on the tarmac? Max Westheimer, maybe yep. a better option for him. I don't know. Walk back to West Virginia. They they <laughs> they would have left him in uh or they would have fired him last year after losing to OU, right? They He's they wouldn't need... have let him on. Where they played they played somewhere else the last week. Was it a, a, Iowa State? Maybe maybe they would have left him in Ames a year ago. Who knows? He's going to need to find some country roads to take him home. I'd say. <laughs> nice, nice, very nice. Okay. Sugar Shane in Newcastle. Trap game is Cincinnati. That whole city is one big trap house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, you wonder how they're going to come out, you know, nerves-wise. Like, it's their first game with the Big 12. They get the, you know, the the the, the godfather of the Big 12, the daddy of the Big 12, if you will. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't – do you think Cincy fans are just going to be – you know, do you think it's going to be a crazy environment? Can that stadium at only 40,000 even have a crazy environment? Like, do you think they're going to get really up for that game, or are they, are they still going to be feeling some things out? Or does it depend on what they do before that game? So I made fun of the notion in 2016, and I don't know if these fan bases are comparable or not, so it's probably a terrible comparison. In 2016, OU opened up the season, quote-unquote, at Houston. It was at a neutral side. It's where the Texans play, NRG Stadium. And I laughed all offseason, Travis, at the thought that Houston was going to have more fans than OU fans at that football game. Well, Houston had more fans. And by God, they were loud and they were rowdy. Now, Houston thought that they had a pretty good football team going into that year. I don't think Cincinnati does, but I've doubted a team from the American before, and I was proven dead wrong. Um... Yeah, I'm going to guess that Cincinnati shows up. If you're a Cincinnati fan, 
you're going to show up to the game against OU, your first ever Big 12 game. However crazy a 40,000-seat stadium could be, it'll it'll probably be whatever the amount of crazy that can get to. So, Yeah, because they just, they, I mean, before us, they've got Eastern Kentucky. They've got, uh, what, they've got Pittsburgh and Miami of Ohio. So it's probably the most high-profile home game they'll have ever hosted before. So they'll, they'll show up to it. Or they probably probably went go three and zero in those if I had to guess. So, yeah, I mean it's going to be a big one for them. Uh, Ohio Sooner Joe Burrow is going to be out for a while, so a bunch of people in Cincy will probably hitch their bandwagon to the Bearcats. Ah, Ooh. there we go. Bunch Ooh. of uh, Bengals fans out at the talk uh, about a downgrade. Game. Or I guess not a bunch. Their stadium only holds forty thousand, so there won't be a bunch. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Final hour on a Friday rolls on next place theater all right we got to fill up that stat sheets brought to you by dorsey jones buick gmc in el reno just 20 minutes from okc a little drive to big savings that's i-40 and exit 125 uh okay i guess let's fill up the stat sheet by by two questions here travis one how many teams in college football are in a different conference come monday two will the pac-12 be a thing once the 2024 football season starts? Hmm. Once once the 2023 or 2024 season starts? Once the 24 season starts. 24 season starts. First year okay. in the SEC, yeah. Okay. Um, I guess basically asking, is this the last ever year for Pac-12 football? I do think the Pac-12 exi- exists because I think they backfill. Now... That being said, I, I think it's going to be – it was already looked at as kind of the weakest. I think it will be, like, common knowledge, even to the point where if they do auto bids or anything like that, like, they won't receive one. Like, it will be public knowledge that there, there, there is now a yeah. P4 instead of a P5. Um, as far as how many teams have new homes or at least projected new homes, contracted to have new homes by Monday – I'm I'm just gonna go with one, and Arizona? I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be whichever one school agrees to terms with the Big Twelve. Interesting. Well, they're operating at a uh, position of power right now, right? They're saying, "Well, fourteen. We just want to add one more. That's what we want to do. Just one more. Uh, first come, first serve here." Yeah, leverage. So, I mean, the Big Twelve has all the leverage in the world right now. Yeah, they really do. Even with schools potentially like Oregon and Washington, if they don't have an exit plan to the uh, Big Ten, then um, they've uh, they, they've got all the leverage right now. So we'll see what happens. Someone just sent us a uh, graphic on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line from the five three nine. It says teams that play eleven Power Five games in twenty twenty three, and it has six teams: Pitt, Louisville, West Virginia, Utah, Purdue, Colorado. Eleven of their twelve games are against Power Five teams. And the text says, thoughts? Here was my honest uh, first thought about that graphic. It had nothing to do with the six teams that are listed. My first thought was about OU and teams on the schedule this year, Travis. Like teams that weren't, teams that were, I should say, power five teams in 2010, teams currently on OU schedule, there's only four of them. Only Iowa State, Texas, KU, and Oklahoma State were Power 5 teams in 2010. The rest of the eight are either not a Power 5 right now 
or weren't as recently as 12, 13 years ago. Arkansas State, no. SMU, no. Tulsa, no. Cincinnati, no. UCF, no. West Virginia, no. BYU, no. TCU, no. How, how crazy is that? That's insane. Like, this schedule in 2010, uh, you put OU in the Big East is essentially what it looks like. Goodness gracious. I mean, again, we, we talk about it, we talk about it, we talk about it ever since it came out. You have to eat this schedule alive. You absolutely have to. I mean, I keep on saying 10-win floor. Like, I, 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 I don't think I can legitimately ratchet that up to an 11-win floor because I, I even think that's a bit of too much of drinking the Kool-Aid. That's a little bit too much sunshine to be pumping to say yep. that it's an 11-win floor. But good God, what what a schedule. <laughs> I That's, know, man. I mean, how many teams uh, from the American are we playing? Like, Oh, I think the whole conference. I think it's a round robin, Travis, is what it is. Oh, my I think God. It's a, I think it's a round robin. Uh, oh Doug God. Miles, our buddy Doug Miles, says, if you would have told me in 2008 that Mizzou, Nebraska, OU, Texas, and Texas A&M would not be in the Big 12 in 2024, I probably would have bet my left pinky that the conference was dead. If it can survive, the pack whatever can survive as well. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I think I don't think the pack like it, it will be weak because I think they'll backfill it with teams like San Diego State or Boise State or Fresno State or you know pick your pick your state school if you will. But I I don't think it's going anywhere. I mean I don't know if they'll be played on TV, but I don't think it's going anywhere. Yeah, YouTube Live is uh, where you'll be able to see them. I, I think uh, my favorite comment this week, I, I didn't want to say it at the beginning of the show, Travis. I just wanted to wait and see if anything else happened today. I think I'm ready to lock in the best comment or my favorite comment from this week is the CU Board of Regents that said yesterday that she's happy to be back in the Big 12 for more games against Nebraska. That's my favorite yeah. comment this week. If it all that happens is not so fast. Pac-12 or University of Colorado, I don't know what is. It's it's amazing. Uh, everybody at Colorado, they they know one thing about their football program right now. One thing, and it's just the word Dion. That's the only <laughs> thing they know. Yeah. Some might think that's the school nickname. Yeah, we're the Dion's, right? Are we not. We're not the Primes, not the Dion's. Yeah, the Fighting Dion's. Probably yeah, don't I'm, know. Well, hey, name one name one player on your team. Well, we got Dion's son. What, yeah, Dion's boy. Yeah, yeah, Dion's, yeah, Dion's son. kid yeah. is uh, is uh, quarterbacking for us. <laughs> Who else? I don't know. Shadur should just have Dion's son on the back of his uh, uniform this year. That's that's what he should do. So right. people have uh, identified him. And then poor uh, Travis Hunter yeah. is going to play every other position. Yeah, he'll be playing 120 snaps a game, I think. Somewhere, somewhere right along there. So I need fun, to pick man. him up in my. Uh, did you see? I'm doing that 50 team fantasy league. No, he should so, be your first overall pick. You know Thor Nystrom. The, uh, so I, I, I don't, he's I don't fantasy so. bet pros. He's a big. He's a big NFL draft guy. He comes out with comps for like the top 300 guys and does this, that, and the other. He's awesome, dude. Um, we've had him on on our pod, and it's. Anyways, he runs this uh, 50 person college football fantasy league and i can't wait it's my first year in it so sounds awesome chris the bear uh Falica did our uh did our draft um he orders cameos of a bunch of people to to pick the draft positions so the bear 
uh, read off our draft position. I'll be picking fifth overall. Mm, maybe Travis Hunter will be available. We'll see. Or I just hope pick so. Jackson Arnold back five. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> all right, we'll close up the week. Coming up next, right here on the ref. All right, final segment on a Friday, Riverwind Casino and Hotel, bringing you the final hour of the show. Here you go, Travis Davidson. Here's further proof. They haven't done anything just yet, but here's further proof. It was a really good class for OU in 2023, the 23 class. College football's best 2023 true freshman at 39 different skills, according to ESPN. Jackson Arnold, most accurate passer in the 23 class. P.J. Adabare, best speed off the edge in the 23 class. Peyton Bowen, best deep ball field range in the 2023 class. So, checks out for the three five stars. Yeah, well, isn't that funny how that works out? That's good. Most accurate. Accuracy is important for a quarterback, I hear. Uh, what did uh, what did Arch Manning get? He got best mechanics, best name? I think. Best, <laughs> best mechanics. Name. Best, best name. mechanics, as in his family can afford the best mechanics. Uh, yes. Like uh, if and honestly, that checks like, out. Like if their car breaks down, he can afford the best mechanics. That's got to that be what they mean. Out. Yeah. Though if Jaden Rashada would have gotten paid from Florida, maybe he could have had a case for that <laughs> as well. All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, enjoy the weekend because when we get back on Monday. Training camp starts on Thursday. We're all in. Football season's here, 36 days away from kickoff. Training camp starting next Thursday in Norman, Oklahoma. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday right here on The Ref.